Well, good evening, everyone. We're going to have a, a, a good time tonight, here, and here's why. Because everything revolves around God. Everything revolves around God. Whatever you and I choose to do in this world, whether you believe in God or not, everything revolves around God. Everything you say, everything you think revolves around God. The problem is many of us don't understand the grace of God. And so tonight we want to understand what is the grace of God? What, is, what does it mean to receive God's grace? What does it mean to, to be showered with God's grace? And what does it mean to accept God's grace? Well, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. And if you want to, you can turn there. Just open up your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 3. And then you can hold it there. But uh, in, in the book of Ephesians, this is Paul the Apostle who is writing a letter to the people of Ephesus who have a, they have a wonderful church there. And so Paul is addressing some things in the church of Ephesus. But the way he addresses it uh, is, is, is coming out of his lifestyle. It's coming out of his heart. And it's coming out of a belief of what has transpired in his life. And so Ephesians chapter 3 will be in. If this is your first time to our Wednesday night equipped service, we welcome you and we thank you for being here. And part of us being here on a Wednesday night is so that we would be challenged a little bit more than we normally are on a Sunday morning. Sunday mornings are geared towards new people who don't know God yet or are searching for God. And our Wednesday nights are geared for the believers. For those of us who say, God is my God. I am following Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. And I want to grow deeper with my spiritual walk in Christ. So that's why we're here tonight. We just came back from the mainland, Heidi and I. We were uh, in Texas at our Foursquare National Convention. And that's where over 3,000 uh, pastors in our denomination gather and leaders will gather together. And just hear the heart and vision of where we're heading as a denomination. But coming back from the mainland, uh, Heidi and I were not seated together. And when you're come, like if you're flying from Oahu to here, not that bad. But you're talking five hours not sitting next to each other or sitting next to some stranger or somebody you don't know, and you want to sit next to your spouse, right? (laughs) Some of you are like, I can't answer that right now, but I'll talk to you after. So we didn't have seats next to each other. So we thought when we get to the gate, we'll talk to the person there and, and see if we can get a seat next to each other. So Heidi went up to the lady there and uh, first of all, right, right when they get there, everybody just pounces on them. So when it was our turn and we got there, uh, we were like, oh, wow, right when you guys show up, everybody just like vultures at you, right? And they're like, yeah, but this is what we do. And so Heidi said, it, uh, it, would it be possible for us to get seats together? Because I don't have a seat assignment yet, and I wouldn't like to... Uh, sit next to my husband if that's possible and if not don't worry about it we'll be okay and she said well let me check on some things and then I'll call your name and then we'll go from there so we said okay and then before we boarded they called us up and they said well we got you some seats and you're going to be sitting next to each other and we were so thankful we said thank you thank you thank you thank you we appreciate it and so she said uh, we looked at our seats and it said 5a and 5b and and then the lady said, you know, we, we let you sit here because you were kind. 
And so we said, oh, okay. And we didn't know, you know, 5A, 5B. We don't know what that is. So Heidi said, I think that's first class. And I said, it's not first class. I think first class is one, two, three, four, then five and beyond. And she goes, no, I, I think it's first class. And we didn't want to get our hopes up. I surely didn't want to get my hopes up. And then it's not first class. And after first class, it's like last class. So I just felt, don't get my hopes up. And so we just left it there. And so we boarded the plane, and then we're looking at the seats. And sure enough, one, two, three, four, five, we're in first class. And so Heidi looks at me. She goes, no way. I was like, yes way. So we, we sat down, and, and right when we sat down, we just prayed. And we said, Lord, let this moment glorify you. What, what we just received was not deserved. We didn't do anything to deserve first class. We didn't pay for it. You gave this to us. So we thank you for giving us first class. Now, (laughs) if we don't get first class from this point on, it doesn't matter. What matters is God was glorified at that moment. And then we asked for steak and more peanuts and, you know, whatever else. But it was was such a, a nice flight back. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, what, what did we do to deserve that? These people didn't know us. They, they don't, they've never met us before. We already had seats. We paid for our seats. But then I thought about grace and God's grace. That God's grace is kind of like that. That in this world, we all have our seats somewhere. And we all have our jobs. We have our calling. We... we We have our families. We have our life that we live. But then God, God showers upon us his grace and and makes all of us in his kingdom first class. It's all because of his grace. We don't deserve it. We, we, We didn't do anything to deserve God's grace. Surely we're not good enough to receive God's grace. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So it's, it's really not on us. It's, it's God's grace. Well, when Paul addresses this church in Ephesus, Ephesians, he says this in Ephesians 3, verse 2. And if you have your Bibles, you can, you can read along with me. I'll read the, the New International Version, the NIV Version. And Paul says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Surely, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Surely. He's saying, like, I'm pretty sure you've heard about it. I'm pretty sure you heard about this administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. And the reason why Paul says, surely you have heard this administration of grace that was given to me is because before Paul was Paul, he was a man by the name of Saul. And remember who Paul was prior to meeting Jesus Christ? He was not a great man. In fact, he was the one who was persecuting the church. But now Paul is saying, I'm sure you know who I am and what God has done in my life. I'm surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me. And the reason why he can say that is because people could see a difference in the life of former Paul, Saul, and now Paul, who is following Jesus Christ. There was a difference in Paul 
that he says, surely you can see that. Surely you can see that there is God's grace in my life. And surely you have heard about it because everybody did. In fact, the disciples, when they heard about Saul and him coming to them, many of them were like, wait a minute, isn't this the guy that was killing Christians? Isn't this the one that was, was uh, persecuting the church? Is that the guy? Because we know about him. And another man by the name of Ananias said, wait, hang on, there, something took place in his life. He met Jesus Christ. He is a different person. And so even the disciples were a little apprehensive of meeting this newly converted person named Paul. And because of the grace of God, now Paul was freely able to do the works of God because he understood God's grace. Dwight L. Moody, or D.L. Moody, some of us know him as, says it like this, that grace means undeserved kindness. It is the gift of God to man the moment he sees he is unworthy of God's favor. Famous author Max Licato, he says, grace is the voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. Or we can look at it this way, that, that grace is God's unmerited favor, his unmitigated kindness, his undeserved love for us. That we can't earn it. That word administration, if you have your Bible, you can circle that or just maybe log it down in a note somewhere. That word administration really means steward, manager. Or you're an overseer of one's property. That's where they get that word from. You're administrating something. You're not an administrator if there's nothing to administrate. You're not a manager if there's nothing to manage. So Paul says we are, we are administrators of God's grace. God called us to steward his grace. But you can only steward what you know of. Like if someone just came up to you and said, hey, uh, I know you have great stewardship. Uh, you're, you're good at taking care of people's property. Can you take care of mine? Sure. And they never tell you where it is. Can you take care of some things for me? Sure. But they never tell you what it is. Can you watch over my family, but they never tell you who their family is? You, you must experience grace in order to be an administrator of grace. And Paul, Paul experienced God's grace. You know how I know Paul experienced God's grace? Because he continuously talks about it in the New Testament. If you have like a, a, a word search on your computer or in a, like a Bible application on your phone, just type in the word grace and see how many times it pops up. Over 128 times it pops up, the word grace. And most of those, that 128, is because of Paul who wrote down this word in the New Testament. God's grace. And Paul, Paul experienced God's grace to the point of understanding that there's so much more to God's grace than that was given to him. As he continues to say, even in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I mean, we, we, we use God's grace in a way of when we do something wrong, then, oh, thank you, God, for your grace. But sometimes we use it in the wrong context. That if we're only using God's grace as a pardon, 
then there's really no power in that because now God's grace is only used when we do something wrong, when we sin. Thank you for your grace. Oh, I did something wrong. God, thank you for your grace. If that's all grace means to you, you go nowhere in life because you're not using the power of God's grace. You're using what grace does rather than what grace is. And grace is powerful. And then Paul in Romans 5.20, he says, where sin increased, grace increased, grace increased all the more. Or we know it as where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. If we're using grace for sin, and we're saying, well, if I sin, there's God's grace, then that gives us almost like a license to sin. But the Bible says that's not so. Let it not be so that grace is a reason to sin because grace, grace is a power that God gives to us. It's not just to pardon. 1 Corinthians 3, excuse me, 1 verses 3 and 4, it says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always, and this is Paul the Apostle writing this letter to the church in Corinth, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul so experienced God's grace that he continuously writes about it. I mean, how many of us write an email and we just say, hey, how's it? What are you going today? Okay, I'll see you later. Oh, we text message. Hey, what are you doing today? Where you stay? Or we'll ask people questions. How many of us say grace unto you? How many of us actually write a letter like how Paul did and say, and say by the grace God has given me, I write to you? I mean, try that. First of all, people will be like, well, who is this? Who, who is writing this letter? But he continuously uses that word grace because he experienced grace. 1 Corinthians 3.10, he says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. And Paul can only give out what he already owns. And he's saying, the foundation that is laid, now you go and build. But it's only by the grace that God has given me that I could build. And it's only by the grace of God given to you that you can build. Well, what are we building? I mean, what if we just have the grace of God and we just accept the grace of God and, oh, I live in your grace, I bathe in your grace, I love your grace, I accept your grace, I am a recipient of your grace, and I, I, will, I will lavish and be showered and be flooded to overflowing with your grace. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, why can't we just do that? Because for many of us, that's what we do. We just love God's grace. And Paul said, well, there is, a, there is a, another component to this grace that God has given to us because grace is not given to us so that we can be just recipients of God's grace. We are administrators of his grace. We are stewards of his grace. Well, why do we have to take care of his grace? Why do we have to be stewards of his grace? Why doesn't the Bible say we are just recipients of his grace? Why, why, why can't we just be people who just fall under the grace of God and then we're good? And then that's it. Well, 1 Timothy 1.15, it says, This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And then Paul says this, and I am the worst of them all. 
You know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, if God's grace is given to me, the worst of them all, then grace can be given to everyone. But the Bible also tells us how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. God has given us grace, not so that we are recipients of it, as Paul says in his letter, but that we're administrators of God's grace that was given to me for you. So Paul says, wait, I have received this grace. And now because I've received this grace, I give this grace. I give this grace out to people because God has given this grace to me. I know that Paul never forgot about God's grace. He was a keeper of God's grace He kept going back to that day he first met Christ. He kept going back to the day he received Jesus into his heart, the day he was converted on that road to Damascus, on that road to persecute Christians, on the road to doing something that he wanted to do, and he met Christ, and it was from that day forward that when Jesus said, Saul, why do you persecute me? That when Paul was converted and he gave his heart to Christ, his life was no longer the same, absolutely different. That people could see there was a difference, a difference in his life. That's why he could say, surely you have heard about this administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Surely. Because there was a major difference in his life. He was no longer the same. People that saw him was wondering, wait a minute, this is the guy that was like this. There's no possible way this could happen. It is possible. Why? Because Paul was a recipient, but also a giver of God's grace. God's 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 Grace is not just given to you. God's grace is given through you. That in this world, a world full of what we call sinners or, or, or people who have disobeyed God, many do not understand the free gift of God's grace. They don't understand the grace of God because they are running from God. They don't know God's grace yet. So God says, yeah, they're going to turn from me. That's what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. Once they sinned, him and Eve, when they sinned, they hid from me. People still do that today. They hide from God. So God says, you know what? I, my grace is going to be in you, and it's going to work through you so that you can go find them that are hiding from me. And they're there. They're everywhere. They're in our homes. They're in our workplaces. They're all over the place. They're in our very own families. They're hiding from God. And they may not even know it. But once they, once they experience God's grace through you and through me, something changes. When someone comes into contact with the grace of God, they are no longer the same. They will no longer be the same. It will be evident in their life. Because that's how powerful God's grace is. I know when I have forgotten about God's grace for me, when I don't give God's grace to others. That's how I know that I've forgotten about that first day Jesus showered his grace on me. I, once I forget that day, then I, I, I never give God's grace out to other people. I just hold it to myself and say, oh, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm good to go. I have a, I have a life and a purpose for living. I'm good. And God says, that's not why I gave you grace. I gave you grace so that you could give out grace. You are stewards of grace. And Paul says, it's been given to me 
for you. And Paul Paul understood that. He lived that. And he did it with a purpose. And he did it in such a way that he could communicate that to everybody around him. Surely. I wonder if we could say that. I wonder if we could say to people that we know or who know us very well, surely you know, surely you have heard about God's grace that was given to me. Surely you know about about my life change. Surely you know that I'm a believer. Surely you know that I've received Christ in my life. Surely you should know that. I mean, I wonder if we were to say that to our family or friends or coworkers, would they say, no, there is evidence. Yes, definitely. Or would they say, well, I'm still trying to put my finger on it because you're no longer the person I thought you could be because you're the same person you were. I wonder if people would, would look at us and say, well, but, but your life is no different than my life. I mean, we're the same. And you believe in God. I don't believe in God, but we're the same. You act worse than me at times. Sometimes you're more uh, grouchier than me. Sometimes you're less graceful than me. And what Paul is saying is it shouldn't be. Surely there should be evidence that there is a difference. Now, if you don't follow Jesus Christ, if you're not a believer, if you're, if you're someone who says, well, I'm just kind of searching for the things of God, you're not accountable to this stuff. You're not accountable to being an administrator of the grace of God. You're just not accountable because you've never, you, you have not received it yet. But the challenge is for us as believers. And what a challenge. Paul, chief of all sinners, said, it is not only for me. It is given to you. And I think tonight for many of us, maybe we've been struggling with some things. Maybe, as, as Paul was saying, that, that I laid a foundation as a wise builder, as someone else is building on, but, but each one should build with care. Maybe, maybe what Paul is saying is, there's things that you are building in your life, but you, you have forgotten about God's grace. There's a purpose for you living, but you forgot about God's grace for your life. You, you, you want to do well in your career, but you've forgotten about God's grace for your life. Therefore, you're pursuing the career rather than God. You want to do well in your relationship, but you want your relationship to do well, but you don't want this relationship with God. Therefore, you've forgotten my grace for you. And so now you have no grace for one another. Your relationship will not work without this relationship with me. And maybe that's what God is saying. The only way we can give grace to one another is if we first experience God's grace for us. Not forgiveness, not salvation, grace. Grace is power not just pardon. And when we can live in God's grace, there's power that comes with that. You see, when Paul encountered Jesus Christ and and when this conversion was taking place and now the spirit of the living God was in him, he's only saying what he experienced. He's not saying something that comes out of theology or something that comes from his own doctrine or, or or something that was taught to him because many things were taught to him. He was one of the most educated in the laws. But the Spirit of God touched his heart in such a way that he said, wait a minute, this is different. This is different than the rules and regulations. This is, this is a, a living power that is in me. It's a spirit thing. It's not something that I've ever experienced before with education. This is something that I only could experience through the Holy Spirit that was given to me. 
And now he says, I want to give that to you. And I pray tonight that that would be us, that we would say, Lord, I don't just want to be a recipient of your grace. I want to be an administrator, a steward of your grace, that your grace works in and through me so that I can give that out to other people. Now, what does that look like? What does God's grace, what does his grace look like? Does it look like uh, something passive or, or that we just let people uh, skim by with, with taking shortcuts or, or we never correct people or we just, uh, uh, just stay by the wayside and, and, and just be kind to people? No, God's grace is power. God's grace is power. It's a power that is in us because it was given to us. And you operate in the power of God's grace. And you let the Spirit do what He's going to do at that very moment. You can't plan grace. You can't plan that. It's at that very moment that when you understand and you keep in remembrance the day you receive God's grace that you're able to give out God's grace. You're able to be a, a conduit of God's grace. See, we're managers of his grace. He owns the business. Be deliverers of God's grace. Be great managers of his grace. The Bible talks about stewardship throughout the entire teachings of Jesus, all the parables of stewardship. Let's be stewards of God's grace. Let's steward it well. Let's take care of it well. But let's give it out freely as it has been given to us. You pray with me. Just bow your heads for a moment. And, and here, here's, our, here's, our, here's our statement to God tonight. That we thank him for his grace. But that we would be administrators of his grace. That Lord, we thank you for your grace and we want to be administrators of your grace. We want to be wise stewards of your grace. And we want to give grace out freely to everyone else. And Lord, for all of us here tonight, some may be believers, some may be not. But it's a challenge to us as believers who know you. That the moment we refuse to give grace to others is the moment we should realize that we've forgotten about the grace that you've given to us. Lord, I pray that that would be us, stewards of your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.